All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. We're coming to you with another Torah portion. This happens to be week number 34 in Numbers. We begin this, Numbers 1 through 420. Right. Just moving right along. Yep. The third book. Yep. All right, this is Bemidbar, Bemidbar. It's in the wilderness, which is where they find themselves. Yes, they are definitely in the wilderness. They're in the thick of it now. Okay, so this is uh, Sabbath Lounge Presents Torah Portions. Just our high view look at what is going on in this portion. And you're welcome to follow along and uh, read it for yourself. That's our goal. You read it for yourself, and hopefully we point out some things that maybe you can think about while you're reading it. Yep. And uh, this one, uh, we have census here. There's a lot of number counting. Right. Kind of makes sense that the book of Numbers uh, have numbers in it. That's right. <laughs> Lots of numbers. So when I first, uh, you know, when I was young reading the Bible, I'm like, Mom, what's numbers about? And she would say, bunch of numbers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is to start. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, it gets interesting. Yes, it does. Yeah, and I always thought it was about math. <laughs> so we do have some math in, in our, yes. our presentation. So... So basically, it's been one year, and uh, the bride and groom have been married, and uh, so traditional, they took a one-year honeymoon. That's right. And uh, so um, the honeymoon's over, and uh, now it's uh, time to time to do stuff. Right. So in the Torah, when you get married, the husband basically takes a year off, and... Uh, well, he sure couldn't go to war. Right. You know, he was exempt from, from that duty. Right. And so if you want to encourage people to start thinking more seriously about keeping the Torah, point them to this and they'll go, yeah, I want to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want that year off when I get married. Yeah. So <laughs> but that it just gives it. you something light to start to yeah, jump in with. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It shows you that uh, it wasn't a burden. But that wasn't necessarily in the law, but but um, that they did follow those kinds of right. patterns. It's a principle. Mm-hmm. It's obviously it's pointing to Messiah, of course, and uh, just like uh, Yahweh always does, He shows you by keeping the Torah Himself by mm-hmm. leaving them in the wilderness, and then on their one year anniversary, that's when the when the work starts, when they start going out to war. Yeah, yeah, yep. So again, Torah is Yahweh revealing his character to us. Yep, exactly. So here we go um, into the numbers. So we put all these numbers in a handy-dandy pie chart. And I thought it was just kind of interesting to look at percentages. And uh, Jake, was there anything that stood out to you number-wise here? Um, Well, I just think uh, obviously you you're going to say, well, who's the who's the biggest group? Everyone always wants to know who's the biggest group. So we got Judah there at hovering right around 12.5% of the entire uh, nation. Mm-hmm. And then two, I like to look at uh, Manasseh and Ephraim kind of together. Mm-hmm. So they're a big group. Joseph's group's pretty big. Um, so I just think that's interesting. Yeah, when you squish Manasseh and Ephraim together as as a Joseph tribe, and then Judah, so yeah, just 
pretty interesting just to see the the actual. It's it's one thing to read the numbers and you know just kind of drone on through the numbers as you're reading them, but to actually look at it and think about what what's actually going on is is neat. Yeah, it's interesting looking at Benjamin. You know, it does. It's pretty small. Yeah. So, um, in fact, I, I question the scale of the pie chart because. Benjamin is showing almost as big as Dan there, so well, I think, or maybe it's off. I think there's supposed to be a line. Oh, in there, maybe but it's, it's uh, the, they ran out of color. color I maybe. think they ran out of colors. Yeah. Well, you get the idea. <laughs> I get so, the idea. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> um, it's interesting to think about it in those terms. Anything else? I uh, don't. So we'll move on, and so they camped out. So, Who doesn't like a good camp? No, he doesn't like a good camp out. Do you think they uh, sat around the fire and sang songs and had hot hot beverages? Probably. So, possibly. Yeah. Mo- it's most likely yeah, that they so. did that. Yeah, I don't think they're uh, much different than, than we are, and those are the things that we would do. So, right. So, when they camped out, they camped out in a certain order. So, Jake, can you explain this layout and what, what this was? Not really, Matt. No. no. <laughs> so, uh, I think... What you see is they're getting prepared to... It's really neat to just see how organized everything is. Because uh, what's one of the first things that a... Remember when he come, when they come out of Egypt, he says, I'm bringing an army out of Egypt. Uh, and so this is... What's like the first thing they do when you go to into the military is they March. beat you down, oh. right? And they build you from the ground up mm. to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And that's what Yahweh is doing. He takes them out in the wilderness where they have nothing. He basically puts them through boot camp. And now right here, he's starting to build them back up. So the the uh, the drill instructor doesn't call you maggot the whole time. Mm-hmm. Just till you get beat down. And mm-hmm. then he starts building you up. Mm-hmm. Right? And then by the end, you're best friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is how the word on the street. And that's how that works, is it? Right. So, and then, so they'll have their little camps and you'll see in later portions, they start making little flags and little trumpet noises Mm -hmm. to make signals. And it's just awesome to watch this, this team come together. Yeah. And then you can see the numbers here uh, for For the different groups. groups, Yeah. And what's in the middle? Uh, The, the uh, tabernacles in the middle Mm -hmm. and uh, the Levites. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you know this is oriented north uh, at the top, south at the bottom, and east on the right, and on the left is east, west. I'm sorry, west. <laughs> I said that wrong. Yeah, west. So, west. Yeah. <laughs> so Judah is facing east on the east side, which is interesting. So. Right. Uh, Why is that interesting, man? Well, I, I always think of, you know, the, thinking of my grandmother. My grandmother said, Matt, when you when you get buried, when you die, I don't know how she, why she thought I would have any control <laughs> over what happens when I die, but she thought you should always make sure that you face east. After you die, make sure, man. When they plant you in the ground, you're east. supposed to face east so that when... Messiah comes back, you, and you can stand rise up. up and you'll be facing him. Yeah. So that's just old school, what people used to do. And so uh, a lot of old timers thought that about how you got planted in the cemetery. And so I'm thinking it's interesting. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's cool that they thought like that um, and anticipated that, but uh, but I don't know that it matters. So. I think you'll find your way. You know? I think so. <laughs> I think so. It just uh, and so, but definitely there's something to them being in the East Gate. Uh, you can line this up and do a search on the East Gate of um, uh, in heaven, and uh, you know there's definitely something to this East Gate, and it was important and how it was oriented. Right, and you read through Ezekiel at the uh, the temple that comes down in uh, the millennial reign uh, and uh, Yeshua enters through the East gate. Yeshua is from Judah, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Well, and also um, I think it's amazing how organized that this machine must've been, because if you can imagine if you've ever, well, we've all been in a big assembly, been in a big building. We've all gone to some big event, probably most likely if you, if you're listening to this You've been to a sporting event. You've been to, maybe you've been to a mudder event where they run the trucks through mud or something. And, <laughs> and when the... Uh, that or, is our key audience. Yes, yes. <laughs> our demographics are showing yeah. now. And um, maybe that's for me when I was a kid. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you leave some big event, and that was a big event in Lubbock, Texas, let me tell you. <laughs> So, and uh, everyone goes to the parking lot and it's kind of crazy. You know, you got all these cars and people are trying to get out the exits and honking horns and waiting in line. And they've just been amped up watching some event and their team won or lost. And and couches uh, are on fire in the street. Yes, yes. Takes longer to get home than it did to sit through the event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've all been there and we know how how crazy that can be. And, uh, you know, you think about all of these guys and they all kind of had to be moving the same direction and some coordination when they packed up and left. And uh, we read recently about uh, how the tribe of Levi, you know, they're packing up all the stuff in the middle. Yeah. Plus their own gear. And um, so they've got some people that just are responsible for different elements of the tabernacle. And then they had their own own stuff, too, as well. And every time they set set up camp, it's always facing the same direction. Mm-hmm. And they probably moved, you know, you would assume that maybe they all moved and it makes sense almost if everyone went in the clockwise motion to set in and to leave. You know, there had to be some very, or, very organized structure. Otherwise, you know, it just looks like it'd be chaos. Yeah. So, and we don't believe he is a god of chaos because he says he isn't. Hmm. Good point. So, mm-hmm. so very organized and orderly. And uh, just another point that uh, we serve a God that is very organized and orderly. Right. Precise. So precise, he told them where to be. Right. Where to camp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was necessarily, I mean, I'm sure it means... Maybe more than what we understand, but it, uh, it 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 it's largely just an organizational deal. Mm-hmm. So, if you were in charge, you would probably implement some version of this with all these people, right? You would have to. And I think if you uh, look at the like things like Boy Scouts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, it's very similar to this. Yes, 
I've never been a Boy Scout, but no. but I have seen things on YouTube. I I uh, was a Boy Scout leader at one point in my life for my youngest son. Yeah. So and did but it look I, similar to this? <laughs> no, it was organized. Yeah. But I never wore the brown shirt though. <laughs> I refused to wear fancy sash. Yes, I didn't. I refused to wear it. No, thank you. So I will not. (laughs) You probably Um, made a real big stink about it. No, and it was very, (laughs) very uncomfortable for everybody. (laughs) I just didn't do it. All right, so here's another representation of of how they laid out and. We talked about this. Jake, do you think they all were in perfect little rectangles like that? Yes, Matt. They absolutely were. Yeah. And I can prove it. No, I mean, they probably weren't. They probably, uh, I don't know if you've ever camped out with a group of weirdos, but uh, yeah, I have. someone always has to go out on their own and put the hammock way up in the tree over by the, yes. over by the by pond the water. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of. Way at up, the campsite. <laughs> way up high. Yeah. Like uh, 20 feet in the air. Right. Yes, yes. Jake and I speak of something that actually happened. Right. So, but yeah, you put people together and, you know, you could, I'm sure they did stay in the general area, but, but, um, but, but, but I don't think they had to be perfectly square and rectangle the way this image is shown, but it makes a nice image. And it's also the shape of a cross. It looks or the like. Tav for sure. Yeah. Yep. So, which is also quite interesting. Yep. So, with the tabernacle uh, being in the middle and the cloud and the pillar of fire right, right. there. So yeah, when so you, that's when a you, pretty neat little image there. And when you saw that move, you knew it was uh, time to go. Yep. So, in some ways, you kind of go, I wish life could be that easy for me today. So, just look up and go, all Just right. follow the cloud. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's not that easy, I don't think. So it made me think of the all of this stuff that we're seeing here is they it's like one body with many parts. Right. And where so where do you see that? So Paul talked about, about it, you right. know, and, you know, and we all always think about his passage about the eye can't say to you know, one body can't one part can't say I'm more important than the other or I don't need you. Right. Um, and uh, th- this is definitely one body with many parts uh, in the flesh. And uh, I never saw that until I came into Torah. Yeah. And it's uh, something that becomes uh, important in uh, a few more chapters uh, when we start looking at people that don't, that want to be. Uh, a more important body part mm-hmm. than they, what they've been assigned. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It does not does not go well for some people. So, and I think we are coming to the end of this one. Um, and then we have we're get oh, we still have a few more here. So um, one body, many parts, and and we're starting to see the beginning of Israel. You know, true Israel, what what they really are. And, yeah, this is they kind of have it together right now. Yeah. They're starting to have an identity. They have a reputation. People are starting to hear about them. And he told them that he would send a messenger out to go before before them. Right. And uh, and he does that. And then, right. yeah, so in at the end here of this portion, you see that they get this these assignments to wrap all their things up and head out, right? Mm-hmm. When, when the Levites. Right. 
And so it says, uh, and they shall put it and all the vessels thereof within a covering of badger skins and shall put it upon a bar. Now there's all kinds of verses in here uh, that are talking about the same kind of thing. So we just picked one because the important thing I wanted to bring up here was this badger skins. What do you think there? Why do you think they would cover it in badger skin? Well, it would seem weird to uh, cover it in an unclean animal. Right. That's for sure. It'd be, um, you know, it's not quite as crazy as covering it with, say, snake skin. <laughs> uh, that would be... Well, that just our... makes sense, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, it, it doesn't make sense to, 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 for something so holy and important and set apart to have an unclean animal on it. Right. So when you look up that word, it's tejas. Oh, and, I like that uh, word. And so... Um, Tejas. Yeah. T-A-H-A-S. Hmm. I guess this guy's pronouncing it Tekhash or oh. something like that. I don't know where it's getting the K sound, but right. But basically, it's a kind of leather, um, and it could even be like sheepskin, hmm. which would make more sense. Hmm. I don't think they had a lot of badgers running around there anyway, probably. Uh, but the point is, Gotta be careful with what the translation is. Go look up the words for yourself sometimes when it when you're reading through it and it's like that doesn't make any sense. Why would they do that? Context is everything and we recommend using tools like Blue Letter Bible and our Strong's Concordance. I have a Strong's Concordance concordance. In fact it's on the shelf right here. Um, but um, the blue letter is just so fast and easy. It's a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> that that doesn't, uh, I can't type in a word and go find it there. <laughs> so not quite as convenient. Right. But that doesn't mean don't have one on your shelf and know how to use it. Yes. You, eventually, yes. the way Matt and I think, uh, there will be a drought of the word and you may not be able to just get mm-hmm get it on your phone so yeah yeah and we may not always have the luxury of electricity like we've known so but anyway that's a good point about the badger skins and um we come to the end of week 34 jake is there anything else you want to say about this nope uh this is uh you know lots of numbers starting off here and uh, lots of important information so go ahead and read through it and let us know what you think Yep, and we appreciate you uh, giving some time to Sabbath Lounge, and we appreciate likes, comments, subscriptions. Please subscribe if you haven't already and tell someone else about it, and uh, Google Sabbath Lounge for more information, and uh, you'll find out all kinds of stuff. So All about us. And uh, it's not about us, not, uh, not about us trying to be something. We're just a couple of guys uh, trying to follow Torah and keep the feast just probably like you are. Right, and we don't claim to to be some kind of genius about it, and um, you know we're just trying to figure it out and work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And we encourage you to do the same. That's right. Well, we appreciate you stopping by, and this is Matt and, and Jake signing off.